Welcome to Apple at Work podcast, all about everything Apple and the enterprise. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host. This week, first time guest on the show, David Shedden from BFA Technologies down in Atlanta, Georgia. Sorry, Atlanta, Georgia. I think it's one of the best states in the world. Um, But David, welcome to Apple at Work. Thank you for having me. So I obviously you and I have known each other for a number of years now. Obviously, our listeners don't know you. Can you give us a little bit of background of like what you do? What you know? Who is BFA, and then what you do at BFA? BFA is an Apple-centric consultancy in Atlanta, Georgia. We service customers all across the country. Uh, we are experts in the management of Apple uh, uh, in the enterprise. Um, and as far as me. I've been doing Mac support for 30 years. I started in education at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. Uh, I've been working for BFA for 15 years. I'm a senior consultant, and I assist people in implementing MDM tools. Yeah, so when you say 30 years, I mean, you're you're talking and going back into this is pre-Apple's renaissance. I mean, you've seen, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly here. And I, and I think there is – and I, I maybe you know, I've been – using Macs and, and, you know, Mac admin for, you know, going back, you know, maybe 18 years at this point, it, you know, there's, there, what's the, what's the word I'm saying? Like when you have like the ingrained memories of things, I think that's beneficial. And like, you understand that history because you often, you know, what's the old saying history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And so you, you have really seen certainly being in the IT space for three decades, like you've seen, kind of the same things happen over and over and over again. And so you start to you know, see patterns. And I think that helps you with your customers because you can kind of help them guide on where like, you know, the world's going. Cause it's like, Hey, we, we, we've gone through a similar transition 15 years ago. I helped the customer do this. This is probably where we're heading. So I think that's like, like, you know, you probably cannot um, find many people with like 30 years of, of Mac experience. So I think that's fantastic. Um, so you're, you're the perfect person, I think, to talk about what we want to talk about today. And it's like, what do you do? To, when you want to make a MDM migration and there are a few other than education, I think this is you know, a little bit easier in education. I'll explain why, but like, it's, it's sort of like you've got a plane in the air and you're trying to replace all the seats. And like, it's really disruptive to do that. And at the end of the project, people just sit down in, the, in seats that maybe feel exactly the same. And the reason this is a little bit different in education is because you're going to have that cut over. It's like, Hey, school's out in May. Maybe we pick up all the devices and we just refresh them over the summer and people get new devices. They don't even know that it's got a different management system. But obviously in the enterprise, healthcare, retail, anything in between, you often just don't have these quote unquote dead periods. So when you're, you know, if you're talking with a client, when they say, hey, we want to like, we're, we're moving MDMs for, oh, I, 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 let's start from the top. Why do people change MDMs? I mean, you talk to clients all day long. Why do people look to change MDMs? Well, there's a plethora of reasons why. Sometimes it's uh, an MDM product doesn't have the features that they desire, um, and they want greater features or greater capability. A lot of companies that are small might start with a very basic MDM tool, but might want to move to something more comprehensive. Um, They may also, for financial reasons, they might need to cut costs, and they might need to revert back to a less expensive, less capable MDM tool to save funds. Um, It could be that your product has been compromised in some way, um, <clears throat> uh, there's all kinds of reasons why you might make this decision to move from one MDM to another. And I also wanted to comment on your, your statement earlier about the challenges of doing this. There are some things in IT that are just always challenging to do. 
moving database systems, changing financial systems, moving EMR systems, uh, and moving MDMs are all challenging and they're not easy tasks to do. And you're right, it can be very disruptive uh, if you have an active workforce. Um, so trying to find ways to minimize downtime or step people over easily, there's a number of tricks we can use to help mitigate it, but ultimately there's going to be some interaction with the end user that's going to affect their functionality. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Like you said, there's always going to be probably some interaction, and this is magnified if it's a remote workforce too. It's it's one thing to say, hey, if you've got 500 employees, and it's like you can just like, if you had to, go touch every machine. Like it would not be fun, but you could kind of quote unquote brute force change that. Um, kind of, it's kind of like an you know, email, gosh, the, to me the one of the worst is the email server migrations. Um, I've always said it's like businesses can put up with a lot, but their emails now, you know, that's it's a whole other thing. Um, again, and one of the you know easy migration reasons I'm seeing you know, in kind of the current environment is maybe you started with Apple Business Essentials and you've outgrown it. And, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Apple Business Essentials serves its purpose. And I think it's a really great platform for the people it's aiming. But like mm-hmm. if your business grows or your or not only your business grows, but like your Mac usage grows, you may outgrow really who that was designed for. And that's just a prime example of like no no technical reason, but it's just like we, we, we outgrown it and we need to move up. Um, sort of like if you move from, you know, one, um, you know, a, a CRM tool to, to the bigger one, like your company's usage grows now. Okay. So let's say you are moving for a variety of reasons. How long should this process like, you know, expect to take? Is this a, is this a one week? Is this a one year? What is the normal here for your clients? Usually it's somewhere between one week, one week, sorry. And, uh, 90 days. Um, so it, I have seen it take less or more, um, and when I say make the conversion, it's not only the the decision of choosing the MDM tool, but after you choose your new MDM product, you then have to configure that MDM product to prepare it for receiving the new uh, devices uh, as you make the transition. So things like adding your uh, all of your certificates like APNS and Apple Business Manager, making those integrations, building the policies and <clears throat> the configuration profiles so that uh, you can send the settings you desire the end user devices to have. All of that needs to be prepared in advance. Um, <clears throat> and then the conversion is is one part of it. Um, so when do we pull the trigger to move from the historical MDM to the new MDM? Um, <clears throat> and if it's a small organization and the needs are not not too advanced, fairly basic needs, um, uh, it's easy to make this conversion. Um there will still be some disruption because it could involve wiping the devices depending upon how they're configured. Um, but um, uh, in a larger enterprise customer that's 
you know, is multinational and has multiple Apple business managers that have to be tied in because of constraints of what can be transferred over borders, um, uh, have very advanced setups, have very stringent security requirements. Um, that can be a challenge um, and that can take significantly more time to make that conversion. Um, so there's, uh, you know, like I said, there's outliers, but usually it's somewhere between one week and 90 days. Well, and I think that's one of the benefits of like working with a company like BFA is you've done so many of these. I mean, you think about it, your in-house IT, I mean, how many of these migrations would they have done? Probably a couple. Uh, at, at most where you're doing, you know, often a couple of a week. And so, you know, like the, the little things that are often easily forgotten. Uh, one of the, you know, we didn't even talk about this when we were talking for the show, I came across an app recently that I think is really probably pretty useful in these migrations. It's called low profile. It's open source application. And what it allows you to do is to import a configuration profile and inspect it like in a, in a visual way to see like actually what settings are. And so I think the, where that could be useful here for somebody like, wanting to do a I gotta check everything because again the, there may be things in a configuration profile that you maybe set up years ago that you really rely on that you sort of forgotten about it allows you to inspect it so like if you're okay I've, I, this is the profile for my current mdm i've exported the one from a new mdm let me just compare like do are these settings exactly the same because again one little you know uh, widget can mean the difference in like people having the exact same experience. Um, but again, your best case scenario here for your end users is they don't notice anything like things just kind of like, Oh, it's there. Like no one knows sort of like if you were changing, you know, again, the back end, you know, back end of a database and people on the front end never know, like that's best case scenario. Now, on obviously there are like kind of two camps here. You've got like Mac OS and you've got iOS. Or Our- have a comment about your previous statement. Um, I actually take a very different approach than, than you described. Um, I actually um, throw out everything that was previously done, and that's my preferred way to do it. Um, there was a, a movie in the 1970s called The Bubblegum Rally, and there's this Italian race car driver that's describing um, uh, how he uh, how he's going to drive the race, and he tears off the rearview mirror and throws it over his shoulder and says, whatever's uh, behind me is not important. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, when you're when you're changing from one MDM to another, sometimes it's good to start over from ground zero because you can correct all the mistakes you made in your previous MDM deployment. Um, people that that tried to sign up for the APNS certificate and have it sent to their personal email address and not a distribution group or something like that, um, uh, errors that were critical that were made in the first deployment we now have a great opportunity to fix those. Um, And so, and also how we used to manage machines uh, two years ago, three years ago, the configuration profiles from those may not even be the same. Um, uh, APIs change. uh, So uh, moving from one MDM to another is also a fabulous opportunity to start over fresh um, where you couldn't make those changes in your previous MDM. Yeah, it's a fair point. Like it's it's kind of like uh, when you move and do you want to bring all your stuff or do you want to like start fresh with new decorations? That's a that's a fair point. Uh, definitely a different approach. But I don't think I think that's easily fair and you kind of eliminate some of that cruft. Not a bad not a bad thought at all. Um so Mac OS versus iOS here. Like it is like do you have to take this pro do you do a different process here, a different checklist, different thought process? What do you what do you is or and, and is it easier to do? Um <clears throat> I would definitely say it's probably easier to do for iOS. Um, Mac OS 
is a full operating system, whereas iOS is a constrained operating system. So there's only so many things you can do on iOS. Um, whatever APIs Apple allows you to access, you know, these sets of configuration profiles are allowed. Other ones are not. Um, <clears throat> so uh, it, it's more of a limited feature set that you have to manage. Um, whereas with macOS, with a full operating system, Frequently, there's things that there is no configuration profile that can deliver the setting that you want, and you have to script it or do something customized to get that final result. Um, so I would definitely say that as far as your comment earlier about transitioning from one MDM to another, scripts are something I definitely look at as far as moving forward to the new MDM product. Um, but um, uh, definitely going through and, and, and reviewing those, but <clears throat> nevertheless, Mac OS is definitely more complex, so it does take more time to move Mac OS than it does iOS. No, that, that, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, from a high level, it the there are just a lot more variables. And in anything with technology, controlling variables is is something that allows you to kind of eliminate the guesswork, and there are just more variables on, on Mac OS. Um, you know, we talked about, like, you know, Reasons you might change. We talked about some of the your 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 thinking through uh, again certificates, tokens. Those you know obviously things with the you know push certificates. That's all thing, and that's all things you have to do yearly, anyways. And so it might you know maybe even time the migration around when a lot of these things come time for renewal. Do you find it easier or or, or different when you obviously there's there are companies that have kind of a little bit of a legacy environment, maybe. They they really had this set up pre Apple Business Manager. They they got the old VPP stuff. Like, is it? Is there any different processes for the people that more have a modern implementation, or maybe more have a legacy implementation? With in terms of like their certificates, their logins, etc. Um, actually, no. So uh, what we actually do is anybody that's using legacy sort of setups, we try to move them into more modern uh, uh, deployment. So. Uh, any machine that isn't an Apple Business Manager, we would recommend that since we're changing MDMs and since this might involve wiping the devices, um, uh, in doing so, now's a chance to fix some of that where we can use um, Apple Configurator to add devices into Apple Business Manager um, or perhaps even consider a partial fleet refresh. Um, so I recently <clears throat> did, a, did a deployment for a company where to fix their problems <clears> – <throat> And I know this is an outlier, but they did a capital purchase and they bought new Macs for everybody. They had old Intel machines. They bought all new Apple Silicon machines. And uh, at that time was when we did the big re revamp on their MDM tool. Um, and we actually didn't change from one MDM to another. We stayed with the same MDM, but we did a, a, a complete reengineering of it. We looked at everything that they were currently doing, disabled a lot of the settings and then made new settings with more modern uh, configurations and more modern ways of delivering the payloads. Um, and then they started handing out the new computers. And as those new machines came online, they would enroll back in with a new configuration that was, had been updated. Um, <clears throat> no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's an easy time where if you are, you're planning this this Intel an Intel migration, or if you're doing like department upgrades, I think that's a, that's a great time to maybe switch. And certainly, if you can, you, you know, you are, maybe you're willing to even double pay for an MDM for a period of time. Like, hey, we're going to go and sign up with a new one, but we're still having the, we still have the old one, and then we're just going to use this time to kind of you know migrate and get off of it. Um, so obviously, like planning is huge here, and there's in some ways it's plan 10x move once. 
What are some of the biggest mistakes you see in terms of planning and documentation that like mistakes people have made in the past? Um, <clears throat> one of the top ones is the APNS certificate and, and using a personal you know, email address to, to download that rather than using a, <clears throat> a distribution group or an email address. Once you lock in the APNS certificate, um, for those that don't know, that's Apple Push Notification Service. That is uh, uh, how all, the core of how all MDMs communicate. Um, so if you don't set that up to uh, a distribution group, you can't really change the APNS certificate mid-flight. It's once you once you set the name, uh, the email address, you're locked in until you change MDMs um, or re-enroll all the devices. Uh, so that's a common one that I see is to fix that so that they get proper notification to multiple people to make sure the APNS certificate is kept up to date. Um, uh, sometimes I think people want too much out of an MDM, um, uh, and they, they try to over-engineer it. Um, I have a school district that's one right here in Atlanta. I can't say who, but they're, they have a very, very complex setup that is, so complex that even as an engineer, I go in and I go, this is going to take me months just to figure out what the heck they did. Um, it's, it's so overly engineered that they actually need to go down and simplify it. They tried to use an MDM as a help desk tool and not as a fleet management tool. Um, and so they, they had a misunderstanding of how to use the product. Um, so, uh, uh, it's, it's a great time to, uh, there, I come across all sorts of mistakes that are made, um, outdated, p uh, packages still being deployed uh, that haven't been updated, um, instead of, uh, scripting it. So they do a manual upload of a package rather than, um, uh, trying to script or crawl that down directly from a manufacturer. Um, so there's lots of things, lots of mistakes I see and lots of things that could be improved. And sometimes they're not even really mistakes. It's just, this was the way to do something three years ago and we never changed it. And there's a new way to do that same thing now. Um, and they just haven't updated it. Um, so no, that's, I think that's fair. Often, I think oftentimes companies make that mistake when they're going in to sell to a, a customer, like they, they almost like want to disparage like the work that's been done without realizing like at the time that may have been the most economical solution that worked. And Oftentimes, things that work are better than things that are completely over-engineered. I, I think that's a great point. And I, I do want to think this This is, a, I think, a key reminder during this transition is if you're not using – and you hit into this, but I want to explicitly say it. If you're not using service accounts for things like your push notification login and these things, like you, you absolutely should be using put service accounts, and that should be well-documented. So – it, again, not just like a somebody's you know, work email, um, but like it should be something that's dedicated to this, that it's documented like this, this, you know, APNS, AP, you know, NS dash service account at your company.com and document like the login, who this is for. And you, and you really shouldn't have the password, obviously, in, in like an Excel spreadsheet, but it should be in some sort of password management system, like a one password that could be shared amongst the IT team. And in, in, in often situations, too, you may have some like you have to have authorized device logins. Um, and, and so you need to have that document like what devices are currently authorized here. So I think that's a critical step. Uh, and there's never a good time to do that. And again, this concept, people weren't doing this you know, many, many years ago. It was just like you were just trying to figure this out. And so, yeah, service accounts are absolutely critical, I think, um, for you know making it easier in the future. Um, now, 
What are the other, I mean, we, you know, we kind of we talked about like, you know, the reasons you might change when you're looking at a new device management vendor, like if you, if your customer calls you today and I know BFA works with a lot of different vendors and, and, and without mentioning different vendors specifically, but like, what are the things you look for when trying to determine which vendor is best for a customer? Well, um, one of the first things we look at is uh, uh, what what they what they do they want in the end. So when we're thinking about building out um, an MDM, we actually start with the end in mind and work backwards. So what does an end user device look like, and how do we get to there? Um, and does the MDM product have all the necessary tools to get us to that endpoint? Um, and uh, some examples of things that may or may not be available in an MDM might be the ability to deploy a, a custom package or build a package um, for a piece of software that, you know, doesn't exist in the Apple app store. Um, uh, does a product have the ability to deploy scripts and configurations underneath the setup assistant So they're deployed as early as possible. Things like certificates to get on a certain network or um, uh, necessary uh, uh, inventory control agents and things like that. Um <clears throat> Does a tool have the ability to talk out to a third-party um, uh, SSO provider? Um, so does it have an integration with things like Microsoft Azure or Google Authentication or, or Okta? Um, uh, and, uh, so the, there's a, a number of things we're looking at. Can these tools deliver all the feature sets that we want? Um, another thing we're looking at is um, budget. What can the customer afford? Um and do they have realistic expectations? There are some products that are very affordable. Um, and there's some products that are very expensive. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> so uh, those are some of the things we're looking at in helping people make a conversion. I agree. I think the budget is is really critical. And the, the outside integrations is also really one that we weren't really thinking about five, six years ago. But I think, I think that's become so much more critical today because there's so much more to what most most vendors are offering than just like this simple device management. There's an ecosystem of services around this. And in some ways, the device management is like a landing kind of product. And it's like, hey, we want to land with this. It's a, it's for a lot of companies, it's, you know, they're trying to sell it low cost and it just get in the door because once you can kind of get in there, I mean, we've talking about a whole episode about hard about the kind of the challenges of changing um, it, it, you know, it's as long as you kind of don't screw it up, companies often don't want to leave because it is challenging and you often end up with like something that's very similar to what you had. And so if you can land in there with a really, really good product and then you kind of layer on additional services that the IT team needs. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday and it said for every problem a company solves for a customer, there's there's often a new, you know, a new problem that crops up. And that's just the reality. It's like you're always kind of chasing the next problem in terms of automation and, and maintenance. And um, yeah, so it's fantastic. Uh, David, this has been a great show. Again, we're going to have some links in the show notes, of just like some, some blogs that it, things, good things to keep in mind. Um, I, I think the thing I want to leave people and I'll give you a chance to kind of give your closing thoughts is the most critical thing you can do is document everything. Um, logins, passwords, settings, like document, 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 and because it, it is easy to kind of fix things on the fly uh, if, if you have to. But, uh, David, what are your kind of closing thoughts here? Well, I do agree with having good documentation. Um, uh, and whether that documentation be a freestanding document or be documentation within the MDM dashboard itself, um, both are helpful. 
Uh, doesn't matter which one you go, which one you use, as long as you have some sort of documentation. You have to keep in mind that if you're ever on vacation, somebody has to take care of something for you. If you're, um, uh, if you get promoted in your position or change companies, if you don't document what what all you did, um, the next person that's taking that position won't know what's going on. So you're no, correct. Documentation is important. Well, and and the people, and that, I even think about that. I mean, you 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 don't want to be in a situation where you've kind of had that one person that's quote unquote been in charge of the MDM for years, and, and they move on, and then there's you know there's a lot of knowledge that's tied up in their head that maybe isn't documented. So uh, I think it's I think it's very very critical the people aspect of it. Uh, again, you know, as you're if you're thinking through a a, um, a device management switch, I, I think for me it would always be make sure it's the right move and you're not solving the wrong problem that maybe you even your current provider can solve, but you just don't use, I mean, I thought you, you know, made a good point. Like so many times it's like people are like using it wrong and they're, they're trying to solve, use it to solve a problem that it didn't really intend to solve. Um, and, and you know, if you're, you know, make sure you've exhausted going through support, uh, because you, what you ultimately have to think here is like, what's best for the end users and you know, changing can be disruptive to end users. So you just want to make sure that like, that's the right decision for the company. Um, and, and not uh, and not just change because of like a new flashy thing, but like, hey, what is the best thing for the company? What what allows us to pay for it? And does this, you know, what you know, what's best for my end user? Because I, I think that's the thing that a, a big thing that's really transitioned in a lot of IT people's mind today that maybe didn't exist years ago is like there's a lot more thought of like the the end user productivity, the end user you know, endpoint satisfaction. I, I think about that a lot. And I think a lot of, of today's it professionals think about that, uh, as, uh, you know, as well. So David, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, again, the, the VFA team is, is fantastic. I think I was talking to someone this week and I said, if you want to know like the kind of people that are the ones making a difference in the it world, it's, it's the, it's the folks like VFA because you're, you know, you're small enough to where, you know, many of your customers know you by name. They they probably have your cell phone number. Uh, I know they probably have your owner, uh, Bob's cell phone number. You know, sometimes that, that's a bad thing. But you're big enough to where you have that expertise. And, and like you said, you've got that 30 years of experience. And a company that's got, you know, a thousand agents on the phone ready to talk, they don't have that 30 years of experience. And when you have a, a, a weird problem that 30 years of experience comes into play. So again, we'll have a link to BFA in the show notes. So, uh, and I know you all work with people around the country, just an incredible, incredible technology company. They can help you with all sorts of things around um, Apple and your infrastructure. But uh, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have another show uh, next week. And thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks.